Hello and welcome back to the Hulkcast and Aston Villa podcast hosted by myself, James Rushton. Um, today you'll notice, of course, that regular co-host Danny Raza is off. He's not going to be around for this one. We'll be doing a season review in midweek, but I still wanted to get an episode out for you. So today I'm joined by Cole Petham, of course, of Talk Aston Villa fame on Twitter and YouTube. Um, Cole, you've already been on the podcast a few times, but now you're here when we're a Premier League club, so it's all a bit different. We're not worrying about trying to get into the playoffs or even try and get promoted. We've done done the business and you're back on the podcast. We've got a game today, actually, you know, a game that will take place throughout the entire podcast of kind of buy, sell and keep. We'll be going through the entire squad list, regardless of who already is left or who we're bringing in, going through the entire squad list and saying whether we would buy, sell or keep these players or if Philo have already passed them on whether it was a good decision to do so. So how are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. Not too bad. Um, it's been a, actually it'll be a week tomorrow or whenever this goes out, we're recording this on a Sunday. Um, so a week tomorrow will be a uh, playoff victory. So I've been buzzing for a whole week, basically. Um, happy to see where we've come and you know what? Let's keep on keeping on and this summer should be interesting. How, because I haven't, I haven't caught up with you since we, we, we got promoted. How were you feeling when Villa went up? Because I know for the American fans, especially following the club has been a tough deal, especially, you know, the North American fans, sorry, because you're Canadian, do apologize. But the North American fans and worldwide, Aston Villa fans, you know, people in Hong Kong, Delhi, all over the place. It's been a tough ask to follow Villa since we dropped into the championship. So this must mean there's an edge to it for you guys, right? Oh, 100%. Like, I'm buzzing that they went up because now I don't have to spend... I think it's almost works out to be $10 every time I'd use the Villa stream. Um, the games that weren't yes. televised. So, like, obviously, it's nice to support the club financially that way. Um, but I'm kind of happier my wallet's going to look a little bit better. Um, on the other hand, I took the Monday off of work to watch it. It wasn't a holiday, so that was commitment in itself. Um might have been jumping around my living room. It was like, I think, was it 10 a.m. that it kicked off here? Finished around 1230-ish by the time the celebrations might have been done. Um, so, yeah, jumping around a lot. Uh, might have broken a few glasses by accident. Who knows? <laughs> uh, jumped on my girlfriend a few times. Might have injured her. So, um, all in all, it was a great day. Very emotional. But, uh, you know what? It's been a, a tough three, four seasons, maybe even more. So, uh, to get that all wrapped up and to be where we are now, I can ask for anything better. So, Cole, you brought the idea up of doing this kind of yep. game, this buy, sell, keep game. So what we'll be doing, of course, is going through the Aston Villa squad list today and commenting on whether we would buy, sell or keep these players. Now, I know eight of them have been released and we'll obviously be getting onto them. I don't know if Micah Richards is in the squad list. Of, yeah, he is. He's in the squad list, so he's kept as a full player. But we'll be going over these players and basically saying whether we'd buy, sell, keep, given reasons why, or if they've already been let go by Villa, whether it was a good decision or not. And I know two of them were pretty much a foregone conclusion in Bun Richards. But I think it's worth you know sharing our, our ideas anyway. So Cole, without any further ado, I wanted to get into the first player. And this is a, a tough one from the off the bat. It's a goalkeeper. Lovray Kalinic, who came in for about five and a half million pounds in January. Are you buying... No, sorry. Are you keeping him or are you selling him? See, that's tough. It's all They're all going to kind of tie in together, especially when we get into different positions. Uh, for goalkeeping, Bun's already gone. So that leaves us with three. Um, a lot of people and maybe the club don't even know what they want to do with Nyland still. So as of right now, I'm keeping him. 
we haven't really seen anything from him. And what we did, it was during a period where we weren't really playing well and nothing was flowing properly anyway. So um, unless there's some, I saw some things on Twitter, people saying he's homesick. I don't know how valid that is, um, but I would keep him for now. Why invest in something that I think with him and steer, that's a decent tandem. It couldn't hurt. There's been way worse goalkeeping tandems in the Premier League history that have went up and stayed up. So I think him and Steer have to be the main two. Are you leaving Nyland out there? I, I would. Um, it's tough because obviously a lot of people don't trust him. Um, I think that's obvious. Whether you go on Twitter, you speak to people face to face. He pulled off some great saves, has some great performances. Um, but the way Steer played at the end, he's the one that got us up. You almost have to think we have to stick with him. Um as at least a backup, I think he deserves that. Um, mm. Whether we loan Nyland out or we sell him, um, I think he's the odd man out. I, I can't see us going into a Premier League season with Nyland and Steer as the as the tandem. So, so love Ray Kalinic. Our answer, I think, I'm in agreement with you. Is it a keep? Whether we loan him out if we do action a deal for a better goalkeeper, or keep him on the sidelines, or even as our, our starting goalkeeper, I think I'm in agree. You know, I'm agreeing with you there that we that we keep him and use him. Nyland, I think it's pretty clear that you're on the sell. You, you know, you're leaning towards a sell there. Yeah, absolutely. It's I won't ramble on about it too much, but it's unfortunate. I think he does offer something, but I think he is still more of a championship level keeper. And you know what? Steer could turn out to be the same. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe that was just the highlight of his career, and that's as high as he'll go. But for now, he has to be the odd man out. So before we get to Jed Steer, I wanted to talk about Mark Bourne. Mark Bourne, of course, has been let go by Aston Villa. This, of course, is the first contract decision we have to criticise. Are we keeping Mark Bourne? I don't think we are, but did you have any thoughts about that? Oh, no way we're keeping him. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he promoted his goalkeeping academy or school or whatever it is more than I've like actually seen him play. Um, so I guess for his standpoint, great marketing tool, but there's no way. Seems like a nice guy. Uh, nothing against him personally, but time to move on. You could tell when we brought him in, it wasn't an assured number two anyways. Um, so yeah, definitely move on. Just something that kind of seemed to happen. I think the only really good memory I have of Mark, and that's you know no statement on his character or anything, but he didn't really have that chance to play for Villa that much. Um, but the best memory, I think, is when we got relegated to that season, um, 2016, when he saved the penalty against Leicester. Just how much hope it kind of gave oh, me. I like, that wow, too. can we can we turn it around? Obviously, we didn't. But I think um, in terms of goalkeeping hope. There's only one person that really matches Mark Bunn, and that's Jed Steer, who has just given us so much this season in terms of stepping up in those those really big games. Oh, absolutely. Um, I feel bad almost talking about these guys, but like, you know what? They're all millionaires, so who cares really at the end of the day? Um, I just, on a kind of off note, I always find it funny when people get super emotional about like third, fourth string uh, players leaving because it's like you know what they're millionaires do they really care uh, maybe in some aspect but you know what they're not hurting too too much well I've always thought that it's the best job in the world to be a third choice goalkeeper because you you know if you're in the Premier League and you're a third choice goalkeeper you're getting paid lots of money so you kind of you know to set up your future career which is either coaching or making a goalkeeping academy like Mark Byrne 
and you know you get to be be a part of a club's success if they succeed so you're just on the sidelines and you might be at the end of your career as well so it's just a fantastic to p- position to be in if you're a 34 year old goalkeeper it's just picking up money you're training well you're a part of the club you're well liked and you're also getting to think about your future career you know there's no worry about having to go and fo- you know fight for a first team place because you're not you're not going to get it realistically so i've always thought what a class job that is to have and i think mark Bourne has enjoyed a few years of that at villa oh absolutely you know what though like i'm way too short to be a, a keeper <laughs> i'm only like 58 but you know what if they need like a fifth uh, fifth choice i'm so good for that like getting paid we'll say at least 10k <laughs> a week probably at very minimum um chilling out with all the lads, just enjoying his time, putting in the odd shift there, growing whatever else he has on the side. That's a dream. Yeah, for real. Well, Jed Steer, it was a nightmare spell for him at the start. He came in from Norwich all those years ago. I think we must be talking about six years ago, even you know pushing seven maybe, but I think it's six years. He's been here a long, long time. Um, and it was only this season he's had the chance to really step up and claim a goalkeeping position. And that's because we couldn't really play anyone else. Kalinic got injured with the uh, head injury against West Brom. Nyland, of course, tore his Achilles and we weren't going to start Mark Bunn. So we called Jed Steer back from Charlton. And his performances on the whole may have not been that impressive, but he stepped up more so than the others. And that's, that says a lot, really. When we brought him back in, I'm not going to lie, like he's been here so long that I felt like he was like 50. Um, just like <laughs> it, it's crazy to see how young he is still. It just feels like he's been around for so long, never really given the chance. You saw him in the odd cup competition when we were in the Premier League, um, and that didn't go fairly well for him at all, really, for most of those from what I can remember. Uh, but no, he stepped up. He deserves to be where he is. Um, I'm still curious if he gets two winners medals since Charlton let up as well. Um, if that's the case, if if that's the case, though, I want to know if that's a record because then we have a record breaker on our hands. Um, but no, <laughs> he he definitely deserves it. I'm very very proud of him because you know what, we bought him all those years ago, and to see someone not necessarily come through home uh, grown through the academy, um, obviously from like Jack Grealish's story, but you know what bringing him from Norwich at such a young age under Lambert. It's great to see something like that come off under basically, what did we buy him for? Under a million pounds, obviously. So Yeah, I think it was a tribunal fee because he had to go to court, if I remember. It was quite a public thing. It was one of those deals where Villa went in for a free and gave him the contract, because, but because he was young and an academy player or whatever it was, we had to pay a nominal fee. And it, um, it says on transfer market that I think it was a million pounds if that it's it's, not too it's a bargain like for a backup keeper and if he ends up being the backup keeper you can't argue that that's great value i don't think we need to spend 20 million pounds on a keeper we'll go into that later probably but you know what um all the best to him and he's definitely our second choice if not maybe our first choice for the first couple weeks until something else gets sorted out for uh kalinich yeah, so with that, the goalkeepers are done. The uh, name of the podcast, while well, the theme of the podcast, of course, is Boy Sell Keep, but there's a lot of boys that we can't really talk about because most of the squad, you know, they're, they're committed here. They're full-time players. They're not loan players. You know, we've got players like McGinn, Hurrahan, Lansbury that are full-time players that we can't buy. But of course, there's the loan players who will come on to. The first of those is Axel Twanzebi. So he fulfills the criteria of at least uh, buy or sell because, I mean, sell would just be we're not going to buy him. So is it a buy or a not buy? 
and Axel Twanzebi? Or furthermore, would you loan him back if it was uh, available to do so? Because in the Premier League, I think we can only loan two players from another Premier League club. So we're a bit more limited on that front. But would you buy, ignore, or loan Axel Twanzebi? Well, there are articles out there now saying Villa should ignore even trying to buy him because there'll be no chance. Um, it's going to depend what happens with United this summer, especially um, with their back four being a mess. Right now, he does have a chance. Is that going to be the same come maybe mid to late August? We don't know. Um, I would definitely loan him, if not be able to buy him. But that fee is probably going to be high too, so I'm going to go with loan. Yeah, I think any fee really would be... You know, I think Villa's transfer record must be about twenty million pounds from the Darren Bent days. <laughs> um, any any deal for Axel Twanzebi, probably you'd be looking at doubling that. I'm sure the age he is, the, the amount of potential there, the resale value that he'd have, you'd be looking at really tearing Villa's transfer record apart. He was so fantastic for us this year when he did play. Um, the commitment he showed, selling, uh, singing with the fans. Um, singing Villa, Villa, Villa. I love that video so much. I don't know how many times I've watched that. Um, Great to see. Um, Feels like he's one of our own by just doing that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, definitely loan. And yeah, let's move on from there. Tyron Mingzen is in the exact same situation. A, uh, you know, a highly rated young player. He's now 26. So he he should be, you know, you'd have thought you'd have heard of him more. And he, you know, when he, when he joined, I assumed he was still 21-odd. I thought, you know, there's no way he'd be pushing. I remember when Bournemouth signed him from Ipswich now all those years ago. I thought, you know, he'd be an older, more experienced player. He's 25. Sorry, not 26. He's 25. Are you buying him? Are you loaning him? Or are you ignoring him? And I think really with there's only one answer here. Oh, we're buying him. I I put a poll up on my twitter maybe like an hour ago saying is 15 million pounds for tyron ming's value for me it is because what are you going to get in the market right now for 15 million that will be a premier league starting center back maybe he moves back out to left back i don't know but um i kind of have something weird going on with my app i'm on the villa app usually it says which players are on loan and it's highlighted in uh, light blue um tyron ming's yeah it doesn't say he's on loan. Oh, so he's there, but he's not on loan. Like, wow, okay. Yeah, so I'm in the same thing with Courtney Haas. So is that an exclusive? <laughs> you just I, I, on the phone? I don't know if like they're editing the site or something, or if that's a, a blurb or something, but we might have some breaking news. I don't know if we can have like a little dun, 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 kind of breaking news <laughs> thing, but you never know. But yeah, definitely buy. So I think with that, we'll move on to Courtney Haas because we're obviously buying... Tyron Mings will try our best to loan back Axel. Courtney Hawes is a cheap deal. I think the fee is already agreed in the loan contract. Whether Villa want to action, it's up to them. But it seems to be a cheap fee of bringing Courtney Hawes over from Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, Courtney Hawes, of course, joined on loan in January from Wolves. He didn't start that well. I think he was brought in against Wigan and it just was a calamity against Brentford. He was shoved out to a left back and he looked all right, but he was up against Ollie Watkins and no one. He's just going to come into a team. He's going to look good against Ollie Watkins of Brentford, of course. Would you action this deal? Because I think Courtney Hawes looked really, really good at points. I think with Tyron Mings, he looked, you know, proper class. He was injured. I think Mila Yedinak had to step in and, you know, Axel wasn't in the team. So he came in at a time to, to steady the ship, especially when we lost Alfie as well. We had a we had a lot of danger of losing these players. You know, we had a lot of injuries at the back this season. But Courtney Hawes didn't seem to do that badly at all. So 
I think loans out the question here. Are you buying him or letting him go back to Wolves? Oh, buying 100%. The fee seems to be cheap from what I'm hearing. Um, and if you look at it, we're already losing a few defenders, um, either letting them go or uh, they're going back on loan like Tuanzebe. So it's a, in my mind, I always like to say it's cheap and cheerful. You know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, he's still young. There's still room to improve. And we're going to need squad players. We're going to need players that can also play in the cup too. So mm-hmm. it's a no-brainer in my opinion. Tommy Alfick is another player that Aston Villa let go um, just a few days ago. Of course, his contract expired. He never really got off to a great start at Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think it was against Newcastle in our first season when Di Matteo was the manager, and he probably had one of the worst centre-back performances that, you know, and I mean, this is saying something with uh, Lescott the year before. And Mika Richards, of course, I mean, this is really saying something. It was a bad performance, and I can't remember something more terrible. He never got along with Galini. Um, in that match, he almost seemed to leave him hang- hanging out to dry. He he was just run over by Dwight Gale up front for uh, Newcastle. But since then, he's really, really come a long way. He was loaned out. He's been brought back. He's been brought back from the fringes of the team. He was loaned out, of course, to hold this season and brought back when we had no one else to turn to. And he stepped up and delivered. Now his contract expired. Villa have let him go. Was that the right decision? Yeah, um, you can kind of see his legs have gone a little bit. Um, When he was loaned out, he did reclaim some of that form. But I think this is just another thing where, I don't know his wages exactly, but I imagine they are probably up there for our defenders. So I think it's just another thing of age, trying to clear some of the wage bill, get some younger blood in there. Um, I question his leadership a little bit because I still remember our first game against Wednesday. Uh, when we were relegated in our first season of the championship playing them, because that was a nightmare to watch. Um, it just doesn't seem like he could recapture that leadership they had at Bournemouth. Um, and it was such a makeshift squad at that time that it just was never going to work. Um, good bit part player, but you know what? I think he's kind of destined for a uh, championship league one right now. But in mind, we need to speak about his old defensive partner, someone who we haven't seen a great deal this season. Of course, it's James Chester, who suffered a chronic knee injury after having to you know, carry Villa's defence. With that in mind, are we buying him? <laughs> With that in mind, sorry. Are we keeping him or are we selling him? Well, if we can buy the like pre-forever injured James Chester, I would do that. Um, but right now, I'd keep him. It's kind of like the same thing at Arsenal with Koscielny. They both have like injuries they're going to carry for the rest of their careers. Um, so you know they're not going to be your starting center back um, anymore. Is he a third choice or a full choice? Definitely. We're going to have to limit his game and manage it from here on out. Um, he's already on the wage bill with his contract carrying past the summer obviously i would keep him what about you i think i'd keep him um it's a shame because we're speaking about a player who is so great for us in these you know really kind of horrific terms of are we cutting him or are we keeping him is he is that does he have any worth to the football club and i think he does um I, I, it's a real shame what's happened with this injury because it was reported that it was a chronic injury at first and then he's had you know it's inflamed and it's looking bad but he'll be back he never came back and then after we promoted the Birmingham Mail, they, they wrote an article um, interviewing James Chester. And he said it's something, an injury that, that he's now going to have to manage for the, the rest of his career, which is bad. It's like, it's probably not as bad as the whole Ledley King thing or he had to deal with. But it's certainly something that's going to affect James Chester, who is only, what, 30 odd? 
you know, he's in the peak of his career and now he's looking at probably having to settle for a bit part place at Aston Villa, especially if they are to buy Tyron Mings and another another centre back. It doesn't look like he'll be the on field captain. It doesn't feel like he'll automatically fulfill that leadership role. And I think that's a, just a real shame because he's a player that I, I have genuinely loved. And he's now a player who has put his body and his career on the line for Aston Villa for a pointless reason, because he, he shouldn't have had to do that. We should have, we should have brought in another center, central defender instead of being so weak where we had to call back a player we'd forced out. It was a, a bit of an embarrassing situation and one that has cost James Chester so much. So um, yeah, again, I made the mistake by saying buy, sell, keep because we've been in such a, um, you know, we've been saying these things for each player. With Chester, you you would want the old version of him back because the old version of him meant so much to us. And now he's is he ruined now because of what what we've done to him? Is he ruined because of what he's had to do for Villa because they put him in that situation? I think time will tell. Uh, we'll definitely know if he's played a few games uh, next year, if he's meant to be more of a, a cup defender or if he's just going to kind of sit in the bench and we'll use him for leadership. Leadership alone, I think that's something we need. If we start, you know, chopping and changing everything, it's going to be like the team under Sherwood and we all know how that went. Um, so I definitely think keep him. We need some continuity. Um, I don't think he'll be ruined in the sense of a, like a Ledley King thing. I think it's going to be more of a, uh, oh, a Craig Bellamy thing where I remember when he was at Cardiff, he was saying that like after every game, he was in immense pain and that was going to be his mm. last season when they got uh, back up for that year and then obviously went back down. Um, I think it's just going to be a thing where he's going to play a few games here and there. It's sad to see, but you know it is what it is. And for him to risk his career like that, you have to admire it. Neil Taylor, of course, is James Chester's international counterpart. He's someone who's always coming for a lot of stick at Aston Villa. I think we swapped him or uh, we did, we performed some deal. We wanted to send Jordan Ayew the other way and received Neil Taylor. Neil Taylor has probably been Aston Villa's better left back in recent years. But again, that that's not saying much. Are you keeping him or are you selling him? keeping him um but that still means we need to bring in another left back <laughs> that's for sure um i think he'll be good for a backup option um but definitely definitely not for a starting he can probably get away with it for a week here and there depending on the opposition i still think he offers something um he's kind of one of those uh, silent heroes a lot of people get on his back saying he's like rubbish and he hasn't been very good but when I look at him as an individual player and look what he's done obviously I'm not there every week so I'm just seeing what's on TV um, which probably actually makes it worse and makes it easier to pick on him he's silently going about his business and he's contributing in a way that Scott has promoted so he deserved to stay Ahmed Al-Mohamedi then is a man who pretty much sent Aston Villa to the Premier League thanks to his assist for Anwar Al-Ghazi's first goal. Again, he's a, he's like very much like Neil Taylor. He goes under the radar. But for Almo, I've always felt that he gets a bit more than Neil Taylor. And I think that's because he's a bit more of an aggressive player. He goes a bit more direct with his crossing. He's not afraid to take people on. He's not afraid to take that early cross and you know, try and bounce it off the head of Abraham into the goal. Almo, right back, right wing. He can play across the right midfield. Are we keeping him? Are we selling him? I would keep him. Good utility player. Um, offers us something that obviously got us promoted. Um, another thing about leadership and continuity and experienced head. Um, if we're going to have a few different additions coming in um, within the midfield and defense at some point here, a good uh, experienced head like him, you know, it's just a benefit. I don't think his wages are absurdly high from what I can remember seeing. So 
another thing, he can start a few games. We'll probably need another. Uh, actually, we have another right back coming in, so ignore me on that one. But yeah, I would definitely keep. How about you? Yeah, we need a rotation option at the back. Um, we're going to need a new left back. So Neil Taylor stays to rotate. And, you know, if, if that new left back collapses with injury, we're going to need someone like Neil Taylor. Same for Almo. If, you know, if the right wing completely falls apart, if the right back position completely falls apart, at least, at the very least, he can fill in. And he's been a part of the team for a while now. So we don't lose much. And I think he has been a good player this year, this season. He's been no world beater. And he's probably not going to be the type of right back you want to start week in, week out in the Premier League. But those midweek games, you know, when there's a hef- hefty schedule, he can fill in. He can do it. He can do a good job there. So definitely keeping him. But that being said, if someone is silly enough to offer us good money for a player who is approaching 32 years of age, who isn't the most fashionable player, I'd definitely take oh, it. Oh, 100%. You're going to take it every day of the week because obviously he is one of the main reasons we got promoted and that was the best game I've honestly ever seen him play. And there has been some very good ones from memory. But for a 32-year-old right back, if someone's coming in, like say Steve Bruce loves him, so who knows, um, say they come in at a, I don't know, a 2 million to 3 million pound evaluation, would you take that? I think so. Um, but then again, it's a question of, I'd want a more absurd deal and that's probably not going to happen because I don't want to churn this squad too much. I know we've got James Bree, but I think it would serve him better to actually have a full season loan. So we'll come on to Bree in a minute, but unless there's a crazy deal for Almo, I'd be a bit more reluctant to take it because I don't want to change the entire squad just for the sake of that as an offer on the table. Yeah, I agree with that. I can see that as well. And you know what? I I can't see us getting rid of it. Seems like uh, Smith wasn't the biggest fan of him when it, he came in from the sounds of it. But it, it's one of those things that like, uh, uh, I'm not going to compare anything because what I was going to compare is going to be really bad and not be a good comparison. But it's just something that grows on you. And you know what? You learn to love it. And you know what you're going to expect from him week in, week out. So it's another thing. Keep some of the squad together. Keep that continuity and momentum going and keep on keeping on. James Bree filled in this season at right back. And of course, at centre back when Villa were undergoing their uh, their defensive uh, injury crisis, James Bree was eventually loaned out to Ipswich in the January transfer window where we kind of performed for him until they, they went down under Paul Lambert. Are we keeping him? Are we selling him or are we loaning him out? We're loaning him. I'll keep this one really quick. Um, His confidence is probably at an all-time low right now. Obviously, I wouldn't know him personally. Um, Being brought in, being the hot prospect we were hoping he'd be, and not really working out, him not getting the opportunity, um, going to Ipswich and getting relegated. He just needs a season on loan at, and we have to pick which club really he should go to if there are a few options that's going to give him a good opportunity to succeed because he needs some confidence back he needs to, some stability whether that's in league one or the championship he has to be loaned out alan hutton's contract expired after it was renewed for a year so when we had all this financial difficulty last season alan hutton agreed to a pay cut agreed to an extra year I and mean, it's probably been his best year in an aston villa shirt but he was still let go now, a lot of fans have come to love Alan Hutton, despite his performances not always being, you know, up to scratch or even up to championship standard. Are we was it a good idea to let uh, let Hutz go? I think so. Um you could kind of mm. see after the injury he wasn't exactly the same, and I guess we're gonna see how that happens next season wherever he ends up signing up. Um another experienced head would have been good for some leadership, some camaraderie in the dressing room. 
Um, but it, it's time. He's been here a long time, and it's honestly the hardest one to see go. But yeah, it was definitely time. And wh- how old's he now? Thirty four. He'd be thirty five by the time um, Villarreal really. So in November he'll be thirty five. So that's pushing it, really, isn't it? Yeah, and you know what? He'll be third choice, and maybe depending on if something else happens, fourth choice. Um, so he wouldn't really play much. I'd imagine at this point of his career, he just wants to play some games. Yeah, I think he's. You know, he's, he certainly proved he can cut it in the championship. So another year there isn't exactly you know out of the question. But Villa aren't in the championship, unfortunately, anymore. I say unfortunately, it's amazing that we're not in the championship. But I mean, <laughs> for Hutton, of course, it'll be a, a bit of a downer that he probably won't get another year. But you know. He's come back from a lot. From a lot, he was a hated player at one point in that bomb squad. No one wanted anything to do with him. He comes back, he bounces back. He scores some Premier League goals. He scores some Championship goals, and he gets better as time goes on. But he never really was going to really push it for that right back and claim that spot as his own. It always seemed very fragile. You know, his grasp on it. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, should we move on to Richie Delat? Because I would love to talk about him right now. <laughs> yeah, so Richie Delat is someone who always made those preseason games so fun to watch because it seemed like he knew that was his only chance to impress Steve Bruce. And he really turned up for those games, but he was always let out on loan. I think he was uh, Melbourne City's, Melbourne, was it Melbourne Victory? He's their player of the season. Anyway, wherever he went out on loan to, he ended up being the, uh, the player of the season, I believe. So Richie Delat, of course, let go by Aston Villa. What do we make of that? Was that a good decision? Yeah, it was kind of a weird signing to begin with. Um, <laughs> yeah. Never really fit in. A- another waste of money, unfortunately. Um, he ended up being the striker for, I think it was Melbourne when he was out in Australia. And I think he had something like, I, I, I honestly, I wish I'd looked this up, but it was definitely over like seven goals. Um, so you know what, if we need a striker, maybe get him back. But uh, yeah, a really weird one. Um, again, another one who I believe is over the age of 30 now. Um, it, it's not worth it. His wages were pretty high from what I can recall. So move him on and uh, get someone else in that can actually uh, work with the team. Yeah, so Richie Delat for Melbourne City. Uh, he was the Supporters Player of the Year. And it says he uh, collected the goal, golden boot for the most goals scored after playing in defence, midfield and attack Holy for Melbourne City in uh, the Australian League. Uh, it's it's an insane one because, you know, he was playing on the on the wing in our preseason games and he looked really okay. I thought we, we may have kept him this season, especially with all the, the difficulties we were going through. Of course, he's played up as centre-forward. In the A-League, it's crazy. Seven goals. He claimed the golden boot, which that isn't promising really for Australia's league that the golden boot was awarded for seven. (laughs) Not at all. That can't be right. It was on their official site, so I'll blame them for that. But uh, that's pretty stellar, to be honest. Well done, Richie Delap. Oh, absolutely. And was McCormack out there the same time uh, um, he was out there, Delap? I don't think so. I think um, McCormack... No, I don't think there was any crossover. Okay. I would love to compare their goals and see who got more because if Delac got more, there's a definite problem. <laughs> well, last season, he was on loan at Melbourne City. This season, he went to the Central Coast Mariners. Last season, he got four, Ross McCormack, of course, got 14 goals in 17 games, which is a, a bit more of a return. 
Um, this season, he only managed to one for Central Coast Mar- Mariners. But that was, of course, because he was injured. But we won't be talking about Ross McCormack until next year when he's let go. But we do need to move on to another person who is chronically injured and has suffered with uh, multiple things. It's Mika Richards, um, who was finally let go yesterday, um, which was a celebration of a lot of Aston Villa fans. Now, Mika Richards is a really weird case. It's someone who came in, um, captained the team in their worst period in Premier League history was relegated with the club and we never really saw him again. Turns out that's due to chronic injuries and he couldn't he couldn't possibly see the pitch or even be let go. Aston Villa blocked two moves for him, would you believe that? A move to West Ham and a move to Orlando uh, in MLS. So really not sure what happened there. They should have let him let him go when the offers came in. But Mika Richards, maybe they thought something could have happened with him. They let him go. Was it the right choice, Cole? Oh my God, yes. I, I don't even want to know how much. I There is a stat yesterday, I saw how much he's made. And there's nothing against the person. I don't think he's a bad person. And a lot of people since relegation have went at him every way from Sunday, basically. Um, which is not right, because at the end of the day, he has been unlucky basically since the start of his career with injuries. Um, it, it was the wrong decision at the wrong time and never worked out. I, whoever's decision it was to not get rid of him and keep him, I would love to know who that really said no because they deserve a slap in the face. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> yeah, bad deal. Um, he was earning quite a bit when we were in the Premier League. Thankfully, that was reduced when we got relegated, but it was still a bit too much to be, to be playing a player that couldn't possibly play, especially when for the fact that he can't rip up his contract due to insurance issues. Because, you know, if you're not paying him, insurance are, and they're not going to pay him if you rip up that contract. And in fact, they're probably going to want their money back. So it's always been a really difficult situation with Micah Richards. And hopefully, you know, I don't know if he can ever play again, but hopefully that's not the end of him in football because he seems like a jovial character. Someone that Aston Villa, you know, reports say have enjoyed having. You know, he's pretty much a staff member, I guess. He isn't doing much, but uh, fair play to him. He's earned the bomb. He's kept his, uh, kept his family in money. And I'm pretty sure... Uh, you know, it's small compensation for not being able to play any football at all. So right decision in there and letting him go. We're going to do two in one now, Cole, because we're moving on to the midfielders. We've got two players who were let go, who occupied that defensive midfield position. Of course, it's Mila Yedanak and Glenn Whelan, both let go. Was it the right decision to let them both go? Uh, I'll keep this one quick. Um, kind of different stories for both. Yedanak, I don't think a lot of people wanted him, especially after last season. Um, kind of just became a bit part player, whether it was playing center back when needed um, because someone was injured or whatever. Um, good leadership. That kind of seems like what we wanted to sign him for, and we got some of that out of him. Um, premiership now, legs are gone. There's no way. Uh, Glenn Whelan, I was actually kind of shocked to see him go. Um, I was totally okay with him being a squad player. Uh, again, good leadership, uh, good experience head. But then again, he is, what, turning 35, if not turning 36 soon, if he hasn't already. Um, so he is obviously in the twilight. He's probably going to have another one to two years playing max. So it, it made sense in the long run. How do you feel about it? I think one of those players would have been worth keeping just because it's actually worth, it's probably worth having a body there that we're not, you know, just to reduce the effects of any squad churn, just to keep them there. Essentially, in an, it's almost like an ambassador, just keeping them there in that dressing room for an extra year, just to make sure that we've got a regular player who can step up if, if needed. And just a body there that has been there last year because a lot of them are disappearing at a massive rate now. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch in with Whelan too is a lot of people got on his back, and this will be brief, but um, on his back after the whole West Brom slip up. Um, a lot of, I saw a lot of people saying we don't need to resign him based on that, but he's offered us um, something, basically what we expected, what he's known for. He's I don't know where some fans got the idea that he's going to be a world beater uh, just because he came from the Premier League early on in his career that he was going to be something different. Um, just something that's effective and led the, uh, led that part of the pitch for us. So it's sad to see him go, but he's a championship player now. So like, really, what can we do about it? Yeah, I guess you bang on there. We have to, uh, let him go if they're aging because we, we have a transfer philosophy now that is, uh, buying younger players. A bit more difficult question for Connor Horahan, mate. There is an aspect where you might want to sell him. But there's definitely reasons why you want to keep him. Oh, absolutely. And before I get into that, it's so nice to say we have a philosophy. I don't remember the last time we actually had a philosophy. Um, seems like we're actually organized for <laughs> once. Like, it's, it's just the same club. But anyways, uh, Hurahan, I'm definitely keeping him. He deserves to go up. Um, a lot of people harp on him throughout, basically since when we bought him from Barnsley. And again, he's another player um, that actually exceeded expectation. Um, you do kind of get what you give with him i guess if that makes sense and that probably didn't but whatever um and another guy that really surprised me will he be a starting midfielder i can't see it um but definitely someone to come off the bench offer us something different when we're playing the likes of uh, brighton uh, bournemouth teams in the lower half of the table i definitely think he can cut it and you know what he deserves a shot john mcginn there is no other answer is there than keep Oh, <laughs> he is our bargain of the century. Was it 2.5 million, roughly? If that, around yeah. If that. Um, I've heard like 2 million. So uh, he is someone, I think he was linked with Everton as well as us uh, last last summer. And obviously he didn't go there because of playing time from the looks of it. Um, he's another player that, and I hate saying it, if we do ever have to sell him, and if we're in the Premier League, say in... Uh, two to three years time he could be someone worth upwards of 30 plus million and that's great value for money and it's great to see Henry Lansbury and Berkia Bjarnason are two midfielders who haven't featured much at all really for Aston Villa this season I mean Lansbury was injured but Bjarnason has been on the fringes of the squad I mean he's had his own injury problems himself not as bad as Lansbury but I'm feeling here if we're suggesting buy or sell I'm probably suggesting a sell for the pair of them. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to differ on that one. Just, well, personally, I would sell both of them. What I feel like is going to happen, Bjarnason's going to go. He'll probably go back to some other random league. Who knows? Um, Just didn't fit in. Um, Great to have Thor on your side. But uh, for this one, I think it's just time to go. Weird one with him. It just he had glimpses where we thought, okay, he could be a regular, and then disappeared. Um, I feel like Lansbury's going to save for some odd reason. Um, we're going to need some squad players, um, basically just to sit there for the uh, Capital One Cup uh, or whatever or Carabao Cup. Sorry, now it's called. They keep changing it. Jeez. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think for that reason, I think he stays. Do I want him to stay? No, but I feel like it's going to happen. Gary Gardner, it seems, has been sent to Birmingham City in return for Hotter, the winger and playmaker. You'll remember him from Ripping Villa, a new one uh, for Dean Smith-Brentford, actually, when we first played them in the championship at Griffin Park. Gary Gardner's been sent away. It looks like, I guess, that's the right decision. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, when we got relegated, a lot of people had hopes that he'd be something, but it just never worked out. He gets to stay in the same city. He gets to play with his brother still. So I guess that works for him. And you know what? Um, getting uh, Jata, Hata, whatever uh, we want to call him. I've heard both pronunciations, but um, it's a great bit of business and I'm happy to see him go. Aaron Tishbowl is someone we haven't seen much. Um, he kind of went to Scotland for Steve Clark's Kilmarnock. Of course, Steve Clark is now the new Scotland manager, so it seems unlikely that he'll be recalled for another year at Kilmarnock as they they flew up the table in that league um, to kind of compete. And I think they qualified for Europe actually, which is a, a massive achievement for that team that were that were facing relegation just a season or two ago. Aaron Tishbowler, um, I think it's pretty much glued on, but I don't know if you'll disagree. I think this is a sell, isn't it? It's a sell. Um, honestly, we don't even know if he can cut it in the championship. It's one of those things that um, another one we brought in that was young, hungry, and we thought we could uh, develop into another John McGinn or Jack Grealish. And it sad it didn't work out. Nothing against the guy, but definitely a sell. Yeah, I mean, John McGinn came in straight away and took that role for himself. And I mean, Roy Tishbola showed some glimpses of that same ability in probably five minutes of football. He didn't do it again. And uh, while he's been good for Kilmarnock, that's probably not an appropriate level to compare. But again, if I mean, if we're looking at John McGinn, maybe there's some kind of, you know, freakish thing that can happen where he can, can come in and rep- suddenly replicate McGinn. But unfortunately, I do not think that's going to happen at all. So I agree. It's a sell. We're moving on now to Villa's key player, which is uh, number 10, Jack Grealish. There's an argument to be made here for sell, but only under a certain circumstance. But I'm going to have to say, Cole, keep at all costs. <laughs> How could you? No, uh, no, def- <laughs> definitely keep. Um, the only way I'm letting Jack Grealish go is un- unless it's like 50 million. And even then I'm kind of um, debating on even that's worth it. What he means and what he represents for this club is something I can't even begin to put words together for um he represents everything it is to be uh, a villa player a fan um and a representative of the club um he's our leader he's matured so much and he has to stay he's crucial for us to even staying up this season so andre green is another villa youngster one who's had a bit more of a diff- i wouldn't say a bit more of a difficult time than jack Grealish. actually they've both had some quite you know, troubling times around the age of 20. I mean, Grealish, it was a few seasons ago when people were saying, sell him to Middlesbrough, let Andre Green take over. And now you, you'd think that's entirely ridiculous, but it's a situation we were in in Villa's first two seasons in the Championship before Grealish had that horrible injury, um, you know, last preseason. I mean, Steve Bruce's first full season in charge. There was a lot of, you know, criticism coming in his way. Was he going to fulfill his potential? Thankfully, he has. But Andre Green is coming in for that same stick now. So I'm saying, Cole, are you selling him? Are you keeping him or are you loaning him? Oh, that's, he's a tough one because when he went out to Portsmouth, he actually did pretty well. Um, coming back, you know what? He really hasn't put much of a foot wrong. You can tell he's still young, still learning uh, the, the craft of his position. And I'm keeping him. Again, we need squad players. Um, good for cup competitions. Good for coming in off the bench um, for some uh, restless legs on the opposition uh, defensive line. So I'm keeping him. Amwa Al Ghazi, another one exactly like Courtney Horse, um, really lit it up this season. I think he's, there was some moaning about him being inconsistent at the start, but as he went on, he seemed to get more explosive and dynamic. Um, some really key goals as well, of course, in the um, playoff final against Derby County. He's on loan. It looks like there's a clause to buy. If you're Villa, are you actioning? Oh, absolutely. I heard it was around anywhere between 4.5 to 6 million pounds. Uh, 
great value for money. Uh, he scored the goal to give us a lead at halftime. And I'll never forget that because I almost broke my coffee table. Um, but um, it's great value for money. Um, someone who's still young can still improve. Um, another one we didn't really expect to flourish under Dean Smith. And I kind of thought might have been pushed out because, um, you know, there are times he kind of looks a little bit lazy, um, doesn't really seem up for it. But his commitment, uh, his passion, his really his goal to get us up essentially got us there and we have to keep him uh he's one basically our best option on that side of the pitch <laughs> albert adome is gone of course the contract was uh it wasn't going to be renewed that means he's left the club was that the right decision Cole? yeah another one you could see where his legs were going a little bit um he does chip in with the odd goal but then again it's at a championship level and especially uh, hitting the 30-31 mark. Apologies for not knowing his exact age. Um, you could just see that some of that pace has been gone, some of the quickness, the cleverness. Um, he's going to be a great option for someone at that level, but we're not at that level anymore. And really holding the sentimentality for too long for these players has to stop. Um, appreciate all his dances and everything that he offered and always had a smile on his face, but time to go. I'm not going to bother speaking about Ross McCormack because I don't think it's possible that we'll be able to offload him, especially with the uh, bump in pay he's received thanks to our promotion. Um, Of course, his injury problems, uh, any problems that have been publicly aired by our former manager, there's a a lot of bad feeling about Ross McCormack. I think that's going to affect any any sale of him so i think it's pointless speaking about him um so we'll move Absolutely. on to uh two younger strikers it's keenan davis and rashawn hepburn murphy keenan of course has shown glimpses of absolute brilliance for aston villa he's never enjoyed a lone spell away whilst rashawn hepburn murphy seemed to be you know seemed to delight cambridge fans as they were at the bottom of the league two table he didn't score many goals but it seemed like he was exciting enough to add a bit of interest as they escaped the relegation are you loaning these two players out or are you keeping one of them around? I would loan out Hepburn Murphy just based on the fact that he's battling for League 2 relegation. Uh, nothing against the young player, but I think he needs some more experience. Um, that step up to League 1 would be good for him. Uh, you can remember Grealish playing for Notts County at the League 1 level and him thriving and being one of the main reasons they really stayed up that season. Um, and they were sad to see him come back to us at that point of how young he was. I think he needs to step up in that sense, so loan him. Uh, Davis, I would actually uh, keep, and that is all kind of depending on what the situation is for strikers. Does Abraham come back? Do we get rid of Kaja? Um, I'm going to say we keep him for now. Scott Hogan, he's had a difficult season. He was kind of cast out the side by Steve Bruce, and Dean Smith couldn't really get a tune out of him, so Scott was sent off to Sheffield United. I think that move was a, a quite a nice one by Aston Villa, actually, because they could have afforded probably to keep him around just in case. Well, Abraham got injured and we were kind of weak on striker depth, so the worst did actually happen when we lost our first-choice striker and Hogan wasn't around. But he was sent out to Sheffield United. He scored a few goals. He helped them win promotion. He had a good time by all accounts. Are you keeping him or are you selling him? Um, I would definitely sell him. I've kind of heard of rumors that they want to buy him. I don't know if it's on the cheap or not, but I would take it. Um, it's another one of those like McCormack. We literally went down um, and obviously he was bought at a different point. Um, but it was like, oh, you know what? He's one of the top scorers in the division. Let's just buy him. There was no really tactical decision behind purchasing him. Um, never fit in. Never. It just never really clicked. 
And with that being said, it's kind of better just to cut ties and wish him the best. Jonathan Codger, of course, a brilliant striker in Aston Villa's first season. Didn't really have a good second season due to the injury problems he suffered in the first season. And in the third season, he was pushed aside for Tammy Abraham. There's no guarantee that Abraham will return to Aston Villa. But with that in mind, and with you given the full control of Aston Villa's squad, are you keeping Codger or are you selling Codger? Oh, I like this power. Um, Let's see here. I'm going to keep him, but it's going to be questionable based on the fact that he almost left in January and it took some uh, some convincing to let him stay. I think there was links to France um, at that point and he almost left. But of course, where the strike force was at, we didn't know where Abraham was going. Um, it's a bit of a different story at that point. I'm keeping him. Um, a good option. Um, and you know what? We don't know what we could get out of him at this point. And at one point when we purchased him, this is why we brought him in to get to the Premier League and maybe see what he can do at it, have a crack at it. So I would keep him. The final person on our list, and of course, is Tammy Abraham. There's two more we need to speak about quickly afterwards, but Tammy Abraham, um, linked to Aston Villa in a £25 million deal. Would you action the deal or would you let it go and find a new striker for the Premier League? Is he worth that 20 to £25 million? Pounds? It's so hard to say. Um mm. A lot of people kind of get on his back about the whole Swansea thing. I think Swansea were kind of doomed from the get-go. Um, it's tough. I think he really did well on that loan. And I honest, obviously, for our loan um, this past season, he was the top scorer for us. So it's it's easy to say yes in that sense. Is it worth that? To it, Again, it's all going to depend on how much we actually have to spend this summer. Um, and then again, there's other links with... Um, Obviously, the lead striker, I can't even think of his name right now, Mapai from Brentford. Um, I've even seen a few other really weird ones come in. They're all around the same one. We've been linked with Mitrovic again. Well, we won't get into that, but things like that. Um, it's Every player would be 25 million. Literally. So it's like, do you go with the guy that's been in your formation or it's familiar with everyone, or do you go with something completely different and then you time to bet in? Um I've been kind of debating this for a while. I'm going to say keep him. How do you feel? I think I'll go for him. It's just because, you know, you're going to be simply changing another. I mean, there's no necessary guarantee that Chelsea sell. If they're selling him, I'd like to buy that deal. I'd snap their end off, I think, because there's so much potential. He's only 21. He's he's been Villa's best striker in a long time. And I mean, with Benteke and everyone who came before, that really is, you know, it's quite a statement. But, you know, he's he's, he's scored the goals to prove that. So I, I think I'd keep him. So, Cole, there's two players we need to speak about quickly before we end the podcast. There's two players at Aston Villa are on the verge of buying, it seems. I mean, the hotter one is a trade for Gary Gardner. I'm fr- pretty sure we're both in the agreement that that's a, a good deal to swap your seventh choice or what central midfielder for someone who would be a, a good depth option at right wing. Um, the other one is a goalkeeping rumour that seems to be heating up about Jack Butland. Any deal for Jack Butland would break Villa's transfer record by some margin. Um, so the hotter deal, would you be actioning that? Would that be a, something that you as director of football would approve? I would say so. Um, if it's Gardner and the rumoured around £4 million, pounds, it's again, it's another uh, cheap and cheerful, great value for money. Um, obviously, he had his best form of his life under Dean Smith. So th- there's always that question, can a former, former manager of a player reignite that ambition, that drive, that success at another club? That's always been skeptical, especially for me. Um, 
it's another option that honestly I don't think we have and we need. Um, and obviously there's a question if he's Premier League quality. I think everyone always asks that, why aren't we signing Premier League proven talent? Um, but the way our budget might be, the way we're going about this, a money ball from the sounds of it, um, I would definitely say buy. It's great value. And if any point of that success under Dean Smith can be reignited, why not? Well, Cole, Jack Butland, £20 million odd goal if the in goal if the rumor's true are you spending that much money on a goalkeeper even if it's I, I almost forgot that we mentioned him jeez um let's see here 20 million pounds no way um he represents obviously a very talented keeper um he could be someone in between the sticks for the next five plus years um which obviously is great for stability and all that kind of stuff um, again, it's going to go down to what the budget is and do we want to be spending £20 million on a keeper when we still have Kalinic and Steer, which aren't that bad of a duo. Um, and essentially, I think we need to spend that money elsewhere. And that's the only reason why I'd say ignore that and don't go for it. Yeah, I think um, I kind of agree. I do want to see Villa spend some money as long as it's on the right players. And while Butland seems like the right kind of fit and, of course, an excellent goalkeeper, do we need to spend that money when there's other pressing concerns is uh, is my issue, mate. Oh, exactly. I'm so scared of us doing a Fulham. I think that's what a lot of teams have learned. Yeah. Um, and I think doing moves like that, albeit in the summer, it seems like it's great. Um, are we going to pay for it in the end? And obviously that's the unknown with every season, but I, I wouldn't risk it. And I, I that's really what I have to say about it. So Cole, on a uh, final note, we've wrapped up there. Where can people find you if they want to um, get at you and harass you about all the things you've said today about cutting certain players and buying certain players? If they want to send me some abuse, uh, go on Twitter. It's just Talk Aston Villa. <laughs> um, it literally says Cole-Talk Aston Villa. I do have people that don't think I am Talk Aston Villa because now I put my name in it, um, which is really weird. But anyways... Um, yeah, if you want to get on there, um, you can always tweet me. I always respond and love engaging. And yeah, thanks for having me on. No worries, Cole. Thank you for bringing up the idea of this buy, sell, keep or loan idea because I think it's a good game. It's been fun. And we've wrapped up quite a bit of villain news regarding the releases and the rumors that have come in. So, you know, we've nailed it all, all there in one podcast. Me and Danny will, of course, be doing a season review, giving out some end of season awards. So, Cole, I think I'll be looking for your input in that and asking you a few questions to bring up on the show. But yeah, um, season in review to come soon end of season award show to come soon probably midweek but Cole thanks again we've wrapped up all the news thanks for your fun game you can find me at Gemma Rushton or at 7500 Holt it's all of us encompassed all together so yeah it's been the Holtcast we'll see you soon we're Premier League Premier League podcast now still cannot believe I'm saying that I know I've said that every time yeah it's excellent we'll see you soon goodbye and thank you very much for listening once again